0: Welcome to the SMB Community Podcast with your hosts, Amy Babinchak, James Kernan, and Carl Polichuk. Produced by and for the Small Biz Thoughts community, we're dedicated to making every IT professional a successful IT professional. Are you still relying on a frustrating patchwork of legacy solutions? Modernize your cybersecurity and data protection with the Cronus CyberProtect Cloud. It's a single solution that combines backup, anti-malware, and endpoint protection management. As an MSP, you can easily improve client security posture, eliminate complexity, and generate more recurring revenue. Learn more about Acronis Cyber Protect Cloud at Acronis.com. Welcome to another SMB Community Podcast. This is Carl Polichuk. Today, we're going to talk about five employee rules... You should not forget or ignore, no matter how difficult the job market is today. But first, an announcement. We have a major, major, major change coming January 1st. Actually, January 5th will be the first show. We drop a brand new format starting in January of 2023. We're adding a host. We are getting rid of the half-hour interview of usually a vendor (laughs) format. Uh, We did a lot of research on the podcasts that are in our industry and found that uh, we had become so successful that many, many people had basically copied our our format. And so we were no longer differentiating ourselves from the other podcasts. Uh, In addition to that... We, we sort of looked at it, got together, four of us, and said, there's something missing. What's missing is a podcast that is truly entertaining, educational, and doesn't pay any attention to the vendors in the industry. Now, having said that, we're going to pay some attention. We're just not going to give them all of our attention, The community has seemed to have gotten lost in the community part of many podcasts. So we want to bring back the community. We want to talk to you. We want to answer your questions. We want to give you stories of people who had great success in our industry. We want to ask difficult questions that don't get asked in publications that are sponsored by vendors. Uh, That, that, you know, are owned by vendors or that are run by a specific vendor. We're looking forward to uh, a completely new format and a very, very fun approach to educating and entertaining you in the SMB space. Okay, just a few extra announcements before we get into today's topic, which is all about five employee rules that you can't forget. Mark your calendars. January 5th is the brand, brand new SMB community podcast format. January 11th will be my 14th annual State of the Nation Address for SMBIT. And I think it'll be a particularly interesting one because we are at a very interesting, difficult point in our history as an industry. Uh, May 17th and 18th, the SMB Online Conference returns with the theme of Nothing Happens by Itself. Over at IT Service Provider University, itspu.com, we're going to have three new classes in 2023. And that brings us to a total of 23 classes, five week classes, in uh, our 10th year of operation. So we'll be making some noise about that. And over at this Small Business Thoughts Technology Community, We're gonna have a price increase on July 1st. So if you wanna get in on all the goodness, including every one of those 23 classes for no additional money, join up before July 1st and you will get all of that, including the SMB online conference and all those classes at no additional charge. All right, so let's talk about five employee rules you can't forget no matter how difficult the job market is. And you may not like all of these and you may not agree with all of these, but <laughs> that doesn't change the fact that I think that these things are absolutely true and you should seriously consider them and you know spend a little time thinking about uh, how this all fits in your particular business. Rule number one, hire slow and fire fast. You may have heard this. <laughs> it's made popular by many, many people, including Brian Tracy, who says the best time to fire an employee is the first time the thought crosses your mind. And if you're new to having employees, you probably have never fired anybody. And if you have been on the job as an owner for very long, you have probably not only fired somebody, but you have heard this rule and said, man, that is so right on. I had this one guy that, you know, as soon as we fired him, everything got better in the entire company. And this is a, one of these rules that's very painful and you get, I guess, uh, resistant to it over time because we work with people we like. We we become friends with our employees and so it, it can be very difficult. And there's lots of reasons that you may have to fire somebody or lay them off, but uh, if it's for a cause, you're probably going to find that uh, you should have done it sooner, right? So on the hiring side, hire slow is just extremely important. I did an entire webinar about this yesterday. And um, I know it's painful, but you need to really honestly take your time. And, you know, one of the rules that I always remind people of is slow down, get more done. Well, that's particularly true when you're hiring. You know, if you're hiring somebody and creating an onboarding process, that can be very expensive. And, you know, we very often in small business, we don't pay attention to the things that don't cost hard money out of pocket in the moment. And so we can have a process where, you know, yeah, it it takes time. It wastes time. It needs to be done again and again and again because we keep hiring the wrong person, right? If you have a bad hiring process, then you're gonna end up hiring the same bad people over and over and having to repeat it. If you slow down, you will take some time to get the right person. And I know that that can be painful and I know that's a difficult thing to say, especially in this job environment, but If you just hire the first warm body that comes along, it will probably not be a good choice. And so you're going to end up having an expensive process that you repeat again and again because you hired the wrong person again and again. Remember, you're building two things at once. On one hand, you're building your business. You're building the money side of things. You're building something that with luck will be bigger than you and will outlast you or can be sold off and, and put lots of money in your pocket. And the other thing that you're doing is you're building culture and you can't build culture with the wrong people. You know, you can find people who have uh, little sparks of this jewel and that jewel and you can shine them up and, and encourage them to exhibit certain kinds of behavior. But there's some people who don't have the right spark, and and any amount of polishing is just gonna waste the polish, you know, and so you have to be very careful to get the right people on your team so that you can then build your culture. Again, you're gonna waste a lot of money hiring the wrong people who don't are just never gonna fit with your culture. You need to support your employees, you need to train them, you need to help them correct their ways when they go down the wrong road, you need to bring them up to speed with regard to your processes and procedures and your vision of customer service. But you know, at the end of the day, when they need to go, they need to go. And uh, so once again, put the energy into the hiring process, hire very, very slowly, um, but also be committed that if it's not working, you just, you you gotta fire fast. And that's the way the world works. Rule number two. You need an administrative assistant, and I know a lot of you are going to t- tune out immediately because you don't think you need an administrative assistant. But here's the thing. If you if you, you know, think back to Michael Gerber and the E-Myth Revisited, and if you haven't read the E-Myth Revisited, go do that this weekend. Uh, it will improve your business by Monday. You consider where you are in your business. You are probably on the path from technician to business owner. Now, most of us start out as technicians, and we get good, and then we get really good, and then somebody says, you know, you could do this for a living. And so we start a business. And if we're lucky, we grow to the point that we are good business managers, and we manage the business very well. But almost nobody in the SMB space becomes a true business owner. And by that I mean a business owner sits at home, collects money, and puts it in the bank. Business owner does not have to be in the shop every single day. You know, you hear about these people who own five or six franchises. Well, guess what? They don't go, they they can't spend 40 hours a week at each franchise. An owner hires a manager, and the manager runs the business, and the owner doesn't have to be present for that business to be successful. Well, that's why most people in the SMB space never become true business owners in that sense. They become business managers, and some of them become very good, excellent business managers. So when I say that you're on the path between technician and business owner, One of the big things that keeps you in the technology side, keeps you every day in the office, is that you have never handed off the most important things that need to be done in your business. From a technical perspective, you got into this uh, as a technician and you believed that technical ability was enough to make you successful. Well, it turns out technical ability needs to change over time. It needs to be constantly evolving and that you find that you need to be technical enough. You need to be good and technical. With luck, you will hire people who are more technical than you uh, and you will grow tremendously with that. But you're still going to be stuck in the business. You're still going to be going to work every day, not taking a day off and not not being able to really run the business without you at least calling in once an hour and trying to figure out whether or not everything's working the way it's supposed to be. So to actually escape from your business, climb on top of it and become an owner, you need to to hand off more than just the technical stuff. And that means you need an administrative assistant or a virtual assistant. And, And, you know, there are specific things that they can do. They can make sure that all the bills get put into the system so that all you have to do is pay them. They can balance your checkbook. They can uh, enter all of the, the invoices that are needed for clients. If there are online orders, they can process those. If there's an end of the month process of cleaning up tickets and making sure they get out, they can take care of that. They can set up all the Office 365 and on, online cloud accounts. They can post bills that you have to push the button to pay. They can print up invoices if they need to be mailed. They can send invoices that need to be emailed. Uh, they can make collection calls if you still have collections. They can help organize and execute marketing programs and weekly newsletters or, or monthly newsletters. Send out packages to, to clients. Make sure that deliveries got done from your suppliers to your clients. Handle all the new employee paperwork. Handle all of the payroll uh, proofread everything that comes out of your office, deal with the landlord and, and, you know, the garbage collection and all the little crap that you don't need to deal with. There's so many things that are necessary and needed within your business, but they don't, they don't fall into the category of things that, that the owner should be doing. And so, you know, even if you hire somebody at 10 or 20 hours a week, I call them the $300 miracle, right? You hire somebody at, uh, $300 a week and they work 10 or 15 hours, they can do an amazing amount of work that you don't have to do. And I always think that the administrative assistant should be the first hire rather than a technician because it frees you up to either go do sales or to uh, actually provide some more tech support to people without having to hire another technician. So give it a thought. Uh, there's still lots of people who want to work part-time. So no matter how bad the job market is, uh, the VA market is very nice. Uh, There are lots and lots of people who, even if they don't ever come into your office, they can do most of this stuff online and they don't have to be taking up space in your office. And there's a lot of people, especially today, who they're tuned up on Zoom. They know all about cloud working, uh, you know, storage in the cloud. They can be trained on all of this stuff. And... They want to get up in the morning, get the kids off to school, and then spend some time working for you. And then in the afternoon, pick up the kids and be done for the day. And so they're happy to have, you know, four hours in the middle of the day, so many days a week. Um, The world is very much full of those people who are very, very talented and skilled. And they can help you a lot. And you don't have to commit forever to a 40-hour Uh, salary and a position with a a desk in your office. Rule number three, you need a very detailed hiring process. So your options are basically that every time you hire, you go figure it out and there's no institutional memory and you you just try to find like, oh, where was that old ad that we used? Now we can copy that one, right? Your processes can be A much better way to go. If you have a process, it can be updated, it can be fine tuned, it can be fixed. There should be a folder. There should literally be an entire folder just for hiring. And in it, you should have a job description for every role in your company. And there should be an, an ad based on that job description. And there should be interview questions based on the job description and the requirements. And there should be an evaluation process. So, you know, after you interview candidates, how do you know which one is better than the others? Well, there's a process for that, right? When you have a detailed hiring process, you have something that can be fixed and fine-tuned and updated. And it's something where I encourage you to uh, put some time and effort into it. And then if you need to use it again, go use it again and again and again. I, in particular, recommend that you use open ended questions so that instead of saying, you know, how good are you? Oh, I'm very good, right? Oh, okay. Or how many years experience do you have uh, working with uh, uh, hosted services? Oh, I have eight years. Okay, done. Instead, ask questions that say, for example, Tell me about a time when you had difficulty moving some data to the cloud. Tell me about a person you worked with that you admired a great deal, right? Ask those open-ended questions, and you're going to get people who stop and think a minute and then tell you, you know, something from their past. And in some cases, they may not have anything to report, (laughs) and that's okay. If they can't tell you about a time, that tells you something as well. Uh, But those open-ended questions get you a sense of their experience and their, um, you know, kind of interactions with other people in the world as they have grown to be a, a particular kind of technician or salesperson or whatever. So all of this contributes to your culture and your branding. The way that you hire gives people a great sense of what you're actually looking for and what you consider to be important and then they can give it to you as your business goes along. So think about how the hiring affects and contributes to your culture and your branding long-term. Speaking of culture, rule number four is, culture is built from the top down. So it's very difficult to turn around a bad culture. It's a lot like turning an ocean liner. And I have, on a couple of different occasions, had to uh, turn around a culture. So when I was a a manager for different companies, the the last real job I had, and then the first uh, outsourced management job that I had, I had to turn around the culture. In one case, we had an employee, I'll call her Trina, which is absolutely not her name. Um, And Trina was committed... Uh, she was just absolutely, she loved the company, and when the previous operations manager left, she was the senior person on the staff, and she uh, was acting manager for a team of about 25 people. She did not have the skills or the ability. She was a bit of a a, a rough person uh, in terms of her personality and her approach, and um So it really hurt the company a bit because all the people on her team started being a little less nice, a little more rude, and out in the public dealing with clients and customers. They were never rude to customers, but customers could certainly see that the attitude had changed and it needed to be turned around. She also was committed to an old culture that I was hired, in part, to get rid of. (laughs) And so, uh, you know, she basically resisted me and tried to get the team to resist me, and it was very difficult. And um, in in many ways, um, there was almost no way this could have gone, that either she needed to leave or I needed to leave. And so I had to, uh, you know, give her a few talkings to but in the end, she would not change, and she had to go. And you know, part of this is the uh, you know hire slow and fire fast, but part of it is also you know I, I, I had to go justify this. I had to go to my manager and say I want to get rid of her. And and I was asked, boy, do you know what you're doing? Because she really does lead these people, uh, whether you like it or not, and you may end up losing some other members of your team. And I said, well, that's fine. But I'm just telling you, when she is gone, we will all figure out how to get along without her and it will be a better place to work. And everyone in my department is going to be a little bit happier. And all of our customers that we interact with are going to be a little bit happier. And it's just going to be a better day <laughs> for everyone. And so uh, even though she was extremely important and in a, an important role, she would not change to fit the culture that i wanted to build and uh so oddly enough i had to fire her in order to uh you know fix the culture and it was still a little bit slow but i gotta tell you changing the culture sped up considerably when people realized oh he's not kidding we do need to act differently the behavior does matter the way that we treat each other Does matter, the way that we treat each other in front of customers does matter. And so, um, you know, it was very difficult, but it needed to be done. The second time uh, that I needed to turn around a culture, I didn't have to fire anybody, but I did have to change behavior. And it was basically I adopted or I adapted uh, a company because when I came on board, there was a culture of what I would call laziness that people would look at tickets and not work a ticket uh, if they didn't like it. They're like, oh, I think it's so tedious to be installing these drivers. So they just didn't do the work. So they would spend time opening a ticket, reading it, and closing it. Um, or if something you know sort of worked, like, okay, I applied the patch, I'm going to reboot, and they would literally reboot and walk away. Well... Sometimes the machine didn't come back up and they didn't know that because they were gone. Like they literally didn't even finish waiting until the machine was rebooted and uh, little things like that. They, They wouldn't take on difficult tasks. They wouldn't take on tasks they didn't like and so forth. And so I had to figure out how to fix that culture. And so one of the things that I did is to put a premium on good fixes that required no rework. I started flagging every ticket that needed to be reworked. Every ticket that was basically the, a new ticket that, that was entered for an old problem because they didn't get it fixed the first time. And then I would talk to those people. And I didn't punish anybody or whatever, but when they started getting called into my office every single time they had a ticket that needed rework, they quickly realized I would rather not be talking to the boss about my rework. I'd rather be talking about... Uh, putting an emphasis on fixing things right the first time. And so we developed a culture of fix it with the first touch. And that's not always possible. But when it's not possible, it means that, okay, we learned how to uh, handwork up to the next level of support. We learned how to do some training and education and how to find the answers to the problems, right? We learned how to help each other and call in other members of the team so that we had a better team. So rebuilding that culture didn't require firing anybody, it just required actually talking to people and getting them to do the things that they needed to do, explaining why we need to do this, um, putting processes and procedures in first and creating the right values for that culture and living the values that uh, we said were important. And so you know you can you can mold values and mold behavior in different ways. And uh, one of the great quotes in the business world is from Peter Drucker: "What gets measured gets done." And so you measure the things you want, and you reward the things that you want, and guess what? You're going to gradually and slowly change the culture. And you know the bigger the organization is, the more difficult it is to change the culture but most of you have not got big, big, big businesses. You got small businesses. And so changing the culture is something where you just make sure everybody knows we are taking this seriously. And uh, I mentioned that you have to live the values that you proclaim because employees are always looking at the employer. And if you say one thing and do another, that's what they're going to talk about. (laughs) Finally, number five, uh, the fifth rule that you can't uh, forget. The fifth rule is you can't control people, but you can control your process. You can't control vendors. You can't control clients. You can't control the job market. You can't control the job candidates. You can't control the fact that the, the global economy um, is a certain way or that clients want to ask and ask you to do certain things. You can't control any of that. What you can control is your processes. The processes regarding vendors and clients and the job market and job candidates and employees. You can control that. And so, you know, for me, you probably guessed this, but all of my answers to all of the questions are, we create a process. So if you have a problem with people filling out their time cards, well, you you gotta create a better process. You have a problem with people uh, not putting in their time entries, not putting notes in the system, well, you need a better process. Uh, you want better employees? Create a process. You want a better culture? Create a process. Uh, if you've hired the wrong employees, well, you can, you can figure that out by creating a process. <laughs> so at the end of the day, uh, when you look at all of these things, they're all within your control to the extent that you have processes and procedures. Slow down, get more done is one of the great rules of my life. And the five rules that we talked about today are hire slow and fire fast. You need an administrative assistant. You need a detailed hiring process. Uh, Culture is built from the top down. And you don't control people, but you do control your processes. So send me any comments or questions, um, and uh, I'm at P at smallbizthoughts.com. We'd be happy to address those for you, and I look forward to uh, your feedback on our brand new format that drops January 5th. Thanks for listening in. This is Carl with yet another SMB Community Podcast.